0: Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, depression, anxiety, and autoimmune disease with a focus on the gut microbiome. Join me for episode nine where we meet Christine McCarroll, nutritional therapy practitioner from Denver, Colorado, specializing in women's hormonal health. Learn how her experience helping her daughter overcome a speech issue led her to the field of nutritional therapy and how she gave up her corporate career to follow her passion. Listen until the end to hear her health tips. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's meet Christine. Good morning, Christine, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Well, Christine, I wanted to start out with a question that uh, I always find interesting. How do you explain to someone what a nutritional therapy practitioner is and and the work that we do?
1: So I I haven't had to explain what I do in a while, um, luckily, I guess. Um, But I would say that a nutritional therapy practitioner helps to get people back in tune with their body's innate ability to heal. So um, our, I think our bodies have incredible powers of healing when they're given the right tools. And so as nutritional therapists, we're using nutrition, which can be food, it can be supplements. Um, it can certainly also be lifestyle, which is its own kind of um, nutrition for the body input. And we provide those tools and then the body is able to get back into balance on its own.
0: Yeah, thank you for that explanation. I think that that pretty much sums it up. How did you hear about the field of nutritional therapy and what what was it that made you decide you wanted to be a practitioner?
1: So I had um, a significant health challenge with my youngest daughter. Um, I had already been 10 or 11 years into a corporate career um, I was a mom I had an older daughter and then we had this challenge with my younger daughter and um, It was through nutrition that we were able to help her Entirely heal um, and something that you know really I was expecting her to be dealing with the rest of her life And she is completely recovered and healed and so uh, you know during the time where I was trying to find help for her and I was at the time working full-time and I was also doing crazy amounts of research you know late into the night trying to find ways to help her and I had come across some nutritional studies um, that I thought were gonna be really powerful for her and I had decided to pursue these things with her we went through a really long period of trying to get her the help that she needed um, but once I was able to get her that help she made a remarkable transformation. Um, and around that time, I was talking to another mom, just at a, you know, just a play group who was somebody who had, um, you know, I was a group of moms who got together, who we had all had our, our babies at the same birth center. And I was telling her a little bit about, you know, the research that I was doing and some of this transformation I had seen in my daughter. And she asked me if I had ever heard of the Weston Price Foundation. And it was actually just like at the end of this play date, we didn't have a conversation. I just kind of went home and, you know, same thing, just got on Google to find out about this. And so through investigating um, Weston Price, I um, came across this website called Nourishing Our Children. Um, And Nourishing Our Children was a a Facebook page that I think was just devoted to, uh, you know, how we can help our children using real food and traditional food. And they had this whole presentation from Weston Price. And so, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Weston Price was a dentist back in the, I believe the 1920s or 30s, who had gone around the world trying to um, find, you know, kind of the last of our native tribal peoples um, and Finding out about their health and what they had eaten and how you know that what was the impact, particularly on their dental health since he was a dentist and so there were these amazing photographs um, in this this page that I was seeing, but also you know just with the Western price Foundation of people who had eaten a native diet um, or a traditional diet. And you know, he was, again, looking at teeth and had this really beautiful dental arch where all of the teeth were really like you know, large and well-formed and white and clean. And, um, and then people you know, in that same group who had transitioned over to a more modern Western diet, And their actual facial structure had changed. So like they had narrower heads, narrower skulls, and their teeth were crowded and smaller, and they were having cavities. And so you could just really see kind of the breakdown of the human form over time as people had transitioned from their traditional diets into a more Western diet with a lot of processed food. Um, And so that was kind of an initial foray I had and I had already started to see this transformation in my daughter and so we really switched over to you know this what I call like you know real foods um, diet where we were not really eating processed food we were eating real foods. Um, and I just couldn't stop getting enough of this information. I was, you know, super invested. I started reading everything I could get my hands on about this. Um, and you know, kind of these traditional diets impacts on health and through my readings, I came across the nutritional therapy association because they're very much in line with that Weston price philosophy, which was that initial, um, you know, entry point for me into how nutrition can help the body heal. And so when I discovered that and I had already been you know, passionately consuming information, even though my daughter had already been healed, I was still down the rabbit hole. I could still not stop um, investigating. And I also felt like it was now my duty to help other people because I had had such a hard time finding help myself. Um, that it was my duty to help other people get that help um, and see you know, how their bodies could transform, given their, those right tools. And so Um, you know, I made that decision to completely change my career, um, to go back to school, to turn everything in my life on its head. And it was, you know, really the best decision I've
0: ever made. Wow, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that story. I do think that's a very common, um, common story amongst nutritional therapy practitioners that either we get sick or have health issues or someone close to us does and we in trying to help them and looking beyond the medical practice, find that nutrition can can really it has a miraculous powers to transform health, as you said. And we become, as you say, obsessed and mm-hmm. decide that we need to retrain. So that's it, it's a it's a pretty um, common story of the path that many of us take to this profession. Um, tell me a little bit, you know, so you said that in helping your daughter, you realize that food was a thing. and you switched your whole family over to a real foods diet. Did you notice any health changes like in yourself or other members of the family?
1: So I think, you know, everybody just kind of started getting healthier. Um, My daughter's name is also Madeline. So Madeline had this um, like truly remarkable transformation um, within just a couple of weeks of changing her diet and actually adding in some specific supplements where it was almost a miraculous recovery for her. Mm -hmm. And
0: are you willing to share, like, what what she was, what was ailing her?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So she had been diagnosed with apraxia, which most people have never heard of. Um, it's a neurological speech condition where essentially her brain function was totally normal, but she something was broken between her brain and her mouth, and she could not get her words out. And so. You know what helped me in this situation was actually that she was my younger daughter because when i you know when i had my first daughter honestly i had never even really been around kids that much um, i didn't really trust myself i didn't know very much about anything to do with with kids um certainly not with you know raising them healthfully you know i was doing my best obviously but i didn't know very much and so you know people would tell me things and i would just assume that they knew more than I did. And by the time I had my second daughter, I really had my sea legs and I knew what to look for. I knew how my older daughter had developed. And so I could see that my younger daughter was not developing in the same way. And I could also, you know, see that. So, you know, what happened with her that really turned things for me was she started losing her words. So she didn't have very many words to begin with. She was, we took her to the pediatrician. Um, It was around her two year checkup. And she was at the fifth percentile for language. And he kind of said, well, you know, she hasn't fallen off the curve yet, <laughs> which is a little ominous, right? Um, but then right around that time, she started to lose words. So those very few words that she had had started to go away. And uh, my, you know, my pediatrician had said, hey, you know, she's on the curve still at that time that, you know, she had been on the curve. But you see her a lot more than I do. And if you think something's wrong and she needs to be evaluated, then I'm happy to make a recommendation. So we got a referral over to our local children's hospital here. Um, They also referred us over to early intervention, which is a program through the schools for services for kids before they get to school. So we had her independently evaluated by um, both children's hospital and the early intervention program. And they both gave us this diagnosis of apraxia. Um, Unfortunately, neither of them told us anything else beyond that. They both said, sign her up for speech therapy. You know, I had friends who had kids in speech therapy. They were doing fine. I really didn't think speech therapy was a big deal, and I didn't really know that apraxia was a big deal. And then, of course, uh, you know, I asked Dr. Google because they hadn't given me any information, like not even a piece of paper to walk out of the office with. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know it was coming for her. And I started to see these kids, you know, in these parent forums that were in their late teens, you know, should be graduating from high school and they maybe had five or six words that they could say. And yeah, um, the heartbreaking thing, you know, the most heartbreaking thing for me actually wasn't that they had, such limited language, but that they had completely normal cognitive function. So they knew they knew that they couldn't communicate the way that everybody else could. They knew what they wanted to say and they couldn't get those words out. And that, you know, thinking of my daughter having all of these thoughts and wanting to share them and not being able to communicate really just broke my heart. And so I went down, you know, I just didn't believe that the only there, you know, the speech therapy was the only path for her. And they pretty much told me she would be in speech therapy for life and certainly for the rest of the time that she was in school. Um, and I just I couldn't believe that that was all there was for her. And so I was doing you know massive amounts of research. And again, I was still working full time at this point. So I was staying up well into the into the night. Um, you know, most nights, weekends, I was just trying to research and find out what I could see. And I came across all kinds of different you know um, therapies and things that thought people thought had helped them. but you know, really, um, I came across this research study, and it was very simple. It was, there were diet changes, but it was also very high doses of vitamin E and fish oil. And it was just those two nutrients. And I don't know why, out of all the things I read, I latched onto that study. I was determined that that was what we were going to do, but it was a massive dose of vitamins. And I had, I knew just enough, just from what I had been reading to know that, Vitamins, although they are, of course, natural, they also can, when something is potent it has the the potential to do things we don't want as well as things we do want. And so I and I always think that people have to respect that when we're talking about anything integrative or holistic or natural, people will say, oh, well, it's natural. And I'll say, OK, yes, but if we are going to acknowledge it has the potential to heal, we also have to acknowledge the potential for harm, which is why I think we have you know our work as, as nutritional therapists is so important because it's not safe necessarily to just go out and dose yourself up with a bunch of vitamins you read about on the Internet. So. I knew that. I took this to the her doctor. I said, you know, please help me. I want to do this. I want to, you know, do these things. And he didn't even read the paper. He mm-hmm. went to the back of the, you know, the very back of the study, looked at the proposed dosages, put them into his, his computer database, saw what the RDA was. And it was, you know, I think hundreds of times the RDA for vitamin E. And he was like, we're not doing this. And that kind of woke up my sleeping mama bear. And I was you know, in my head, I didn't say this out loud, but in my head, I was like, you know, I wasn't really asking you for permission. I was just asking you for help. And so I left that office and I was just more determined than ever. And so I spent a long time trying to call everybody I could think of, honestly, in in the area, anyone who I thought would be integrative or supportive and, in, you know, a more holistic approach and nobody would even call me back. Um, so I finally got through this very unique set of circumstances, which, you know, you can call coincidence if you want, but, you know, it was certainly um, fairly miraculous that this even happened. I was connected with this doctor who was at Children's Hospital. Um, She was, she is a doctor, but she was studying, um, she's in the nutrition department and she was studying vitamin E um, and she was actually studying vitamin E between breastfed and formula fed babies. And so she had been, she put out a call to try and find moms who were nursing and I wasn't nursing anymore, but I thought, Hey, this lady is studying vitamin E. Maybe she's willing to help. So I, you know, I reached out, her nurse called me right back. Her nurse talked to me. She was wonderful. She said, I'm going to talk to the doctor. She talked to the doctor. She called me back. She said, bring Madeline in, we will see her. And so, um, you know, I, I came in and, You know, I I say that, you know, what I imagine back in my memory is like the heavens opened and the light shone on her head because she listened to me. She didn't treat me like a crazy person. She listened. You know, she talked to me as though I was someone who had been doing her research and, you know, had a good knowledge of my daughter's health. And she walked through the whole study with me. She asked me a ton of questions, which I didn't understand at the time, but I understand exactly what she was going for now. sent her right down to get some blood work done and, you know, called the pharmacy, asked if they needed a special preparation for these vitamins. He said no, told us where to go get them. um, And we just dove right in. We got her blood work done. We uh, I went and got those uh, those vitamins from just from Walgreens and started giving her, um, you know, these mega doses in the evenings. And within two weeks she went from saying things like "ba" for ball to having like complete noun verb sentences. And within five months of this, she was completely graduated from speech therapy. So, you know, at the, during this time she had been going to regular speech therapy and that's how she had developed those few little words, um, But they had told us she would never be done essentially. And then after five months, they said she's done. She never has to come back. She retested and was at the 95th percentile for language where she had been the fifth percentile when she started. And, you know, she's a very vibrant kid who gets in trouble for talking in class now. So, you know, she's my kid who tells potty jokes and has just the best sense of humor. And, um, you know, I love that I get to hear her voice and hear everything that's going on in her little brain.
0: Wow. That is such an amazing story, Christine. You are, kudos to you for just persisting and and finding that one paper and deciding this is it because you can go on, to, you know, uh, University of Google, right? And you find <laughs> so much, right? You find like yeah. thousands and tens of thousands and millions of hits. And sometimes just navigating that is just overwhelming, um, which is, I think, another part of, you know, what we do as nutritional therapy practitioners is to help people you know, kind of figure out the, the right path back mm-hmm. to health and not get off on tangents or get, you know, on dead-end roads. Does your daughter still have to take megadoses of those nutrients?
1: She doesn't. Um, you know, we, I did those, that same amount for, well, close to that same amount for about a year. Um, I did continue that doctor, um, you know, helped us run her, check her blood work monthly for about six months. And, um, you know, I did realize at that point that she could be throwing some things out of balance, by doing that that's why I wanted that blood work and she did start to s- show some some things that were you know causing issues and so we dropped her dosage a bit she still had the same results with that lower dose and so um, we continued with that and then after about a year I just thought you know well, I'm going to see what happens and so I started gradually weaning her off the vitamin E and then um, lowering the amount of fish oil and so she does not take vitamin E anymore um, individually as a supplement and I'm kind of of the mind that one of the few things that I think every human needs in our modern world is fish oil. And so, you know, my kids do, and I and my husband do still take fish oil, but certainly not at those levels that she was taking when we were trying to help her recover.
0: Wow. So when you look back at this, the miraculous recovery, now that you have training as a nutritional therapy practitioner, how do you see that? I mean, do you see that differently now?
1: Well, I, you know, I think I, I have some guesses as to what was going on. Um, I still don't know exactly what happened. I don't have all the answers. I don't know why it was happening. I do... Suspect So there is something called the myelin sheath, which is just a coating on our nerves, and it is made of um, of fats, essentially fatty acids. And so my hypothesis was she was not absorbing her dietary fats. She had probably gotten really deficient in these particular um, fat-soluble vitamins because she was not digesting her fat very well and wasn't really able to, you know, her body wasn't able to form what it needed to form. So, you know, I always just... I always remind people, you are what you eat, and and it's such a funny cliche, but it's a hundred percent true, right? If we don't have those building blocks, we literally don't have the the mater- raw material that we need to have function in the body. And so I think she was missing some of that raw material that her um, her body needed. And so when we provided it, it would it kind of went into overdrive and acted really fast and put it where it was supposed to go. Um, and you know, I think. She she needed those megadoses because she had been gotten really deficient. And so once she got sufficient, she didn't really need to continue on the megadose.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds right to me. Um so so you went on this miraculous health journey, you found Weston Price, you found the nutritional therapy association, mm-hmm. you became a nutritional therapy practitioner but you're not working with children. Can you talk mm. about what your practice specialty is?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I think most people who knew, you know, Madeline's story around that time and they, you know, kind of saw what we had gone through, expected that I was going to work with kids. And to be honest, it was a little too close to home around that time. Um it it was very tender you know what we had gone through and and I actually have gone on to I do see kids in my practice now it is not my primary focus um, but because I work a lot with women I see a lot of moms and kind of by default I end up seeing husbands and kids (laughs) in addition um and I've certainly worked with other kids who have had similar issues to to Madeline's um, but it wasn't my primary area of focus and you know what what I think goes you know, unsung maybe um, is the damage sometimes that we as moms can do to ourselves when we are in the throes of doing something for our kids. And so, you know, for me, I was doing everything in my power to recover my daughter. And that included staying up ridiculous hours all night, fueling myself with coffee and sugar to enable me to do the research that I wanted to do. and then even once I started studying and I you know, I knew better than to keep dosing up on caffeine and sugar, it was still just an exhausting amount of work to be going to school and working full time and being a full time mom at the same time. And so I really threw my own health um, kind of out the window. And, you know, after graduating and, you know, starting up my practice, then I had all of the additional stress of building a business. And, you know, it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I said, okay, I really need to look at my own health again Um, and, you know, within probably a year of graduating, I was like, okay, this is my own health is is a priority and I'm not going to be able to help other people if I don't put my own oxygen mask on first. And so, you know, I discovered that my um, I had really taxed my adrenals um, pretty much tanked my adrenals um, and was having some other significant hormone imbalance challenges as a result of that. And so I you know started again, kind of helping other women and moms um, and that is, you know, where I've taken my practice. So, um, you know, I specialize in women's health and primarily that is hormone balance and digestive health. And a lot of people don't really know that those two things go together. Um, but digestive health does have a significant impact on hormone balance. Um, but again, just because of what I went through having to recover myself after recovering my daughter, um, that that's where I got that interest and passion for helping women. Um, So that's the primary focus of my practice now.
0: Okay, well that, that, thanks for connecting those dots. Um, So Taproot Nutrition is the name of your practice. Can you just talk about sort of where you practice and how people can get get in touch with you? Yeah,
1: so I am, um, I'm here in Denver, but I also have clients across the country um, through a virtual practice. So I have a a physical office um, and then I have a virtual Um, Practice as well, and I also have a um, a group program. So I um, I launched that in January. I'm coming up on um, starting a new group in June, Um, and so it's a you know holistic hormone balancing group program for women and we are all online. So that's the, the beauty of our modern world. Technology can connect us. And so, you know, everything is, is online, it's live, um, and everybody's learning and changing and helping their bodies heal together. Um, so that's, you know, how I, those are the primary ways I do my
0: work now. Perfect. So how should someone get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you either through the class or through your practice?
1: So my website's probably the easiest way for someone to find me. So it's just taprootnutrition.com and they can um, book a session to, a, you know, free discovery session for, you know, us to chat about what's going on, see if it makes sense to work one on one or if they would be a good fit for, um, you know, a, a group program. Um, I do have information about the group up there as well. And I also have a podcast. So um, my podcast and my program are called The Bitch Fix. So you can look for um, for that podcast too to learn more about healing hormones naturally.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. And you have a lot of personality on your website and also in all your uh, written <laughs> materials. So that's kind of fun. Thanks. And um, So I like, I love to end each episode with kind of a nutrition tip for our listeners. Do you have one to share?
1: Yeah. So I will say, you know, the thing that I see as one of our primary nutrient deficiencies in the modern world, and this is certainly something that was part of my crash and recovery is vitamin S, which is sleep. (laughs) So... I really feel like it's one of the the big healers and it's one of the things that we are all and I'm including myself in this all most likely to skimp on if we think we need to be doing things in our in our lives. So um, getting the magic numbers of sleep and I Say those are seven and a half or nine hours of sleep. And I could go into a whole reasoning behind that. But for now, I'll just leave you with that tip. Either seven and a half or nine hours are the magic sweet spots for sleep. Um, And getting that consistently every single night is going to do a world of good towards everything else you want to do in your health.
0: Oh, that's perfect. I love that one. Um, Sleep is essential. It's just as fundamental as food and water, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so thanks so much for joining us on the show. This has been great, and I look forward to having you back again soon. Thanks, Madeline. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again, and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy, or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast copyright 2019 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.